Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi, property sourcing profit people, team PSP, if you're out there sourcing property for profit in the property business, whatever you're doing to do with property, this is the podcast you need to be on. And I'm really, really excited because I've got a really special property person on, but a really special person on today. Um, a friend of mine, I'm going to count her as my friend. I'm looking her in the eye, she's saying yes. Uh, I'm going to count her as my friend because property is great. You meet such extraordinary people. So I'm going to introduce you today one of my favourite people. She was, she was, I'll put words in her mouth. She was a deal packager. Um, she developed her own deal packaging model. She's gone on to such great, big, big things now. Um, whatever you're doing, put it down. If you're parking, pull into the service station. If you're driving, pull into the service station. I'm not right. We don't edit this. I'm going to leave all this stuff in. Don't you worry. We're going to go straight through. Uh, put your hands together for the wonderful Rebecca Smith. Yay! <laughs> Rebecca, welcome. Thank you, David. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we met. Oh, 2015-ish. Yeah, I can say four years ago. Yeah. Cool. That's when I joined Progressive. You came to Progressive. Yeah. Progressive Towers. And mm-hmm. you did, um, I don't know actually what your journey was. Did you do multiple streams? No, I actually came in through, well, first was a JV course, randomly, uh, the, when it was a one day back then. Then I went to a Beginner's Property Secrets Day yep. and brought my husband along because Simon had no clue about what I was doing here and I wanted him to at least experience it and see the place. Yeah. So it was real. Who, who was presenting it then? Peter you? Jones. Pete, where he oh, was. He was my first trainer. So, yeah, yeah Simon and I sat there. Then, obviously, we were um, sold the dream of Masterclass, which I was I knew before that, that it would be, and I wanted to do. It's one of the reasons I brought Simon along, so that he could provide the credit card for such a purchase. <laughs> Did Masterclass, went straight on to VIP. Um, I'm a huge believer in the power of mentoring and masterminding. I've done it in every aspect of my life, and I still do. So, knew I needed that accountability and the support but I underestimated the network and what that could do. And that's the biggest reason for my success today is the network within Progressive. Fantastic. And I echo every one of those words. Mm -hmm. Fantastic job. And I know where that's taken you. So we have people listening to this podcast who maybe are just setting out on their journey. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you can think back to 2015, you came to Masterclass, you you looked at all the strategies and you, you settled on a direction which was... Slightly bespoke, shall we say? It was, yeah. it was personal to you. Um, we can call it deal packaging. What 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 was the thought process? How did you decide what you were going to do, Rebecca? Okay, so it's based really on what I wanted to achieve over X amount of time, which is what we teach on Masterclass as well, is mm. that you, if unless you know what you need to earn, it's going to come down to money at the end of the day for most people, unless you know what you need to earn by when, you don't know what strategy you're going to do. So for me, deal packaging or doing the buy, refurb, refinance, which I did as well, um, was for me the quickest route to earning cash to replace income so that I could do this full time. That was cool. the main the main reason. Um, yeah, so I started uh, look, growing my network of people who helped me source and most importantly, growing my network of investors. Yes. So let me let me zoom in on that mm. because you have a slightly <clears throat> individual business model for this. Because um, yes, yes. Because um, property. Yeah, right. So you like 
Here's what I see, Rebecca. Okay. Right, you like what property brings. Yes. Right. Yeah, property itself isn't your favourite thing, maybe? Uh, no, it is if it's a beautiful house that I'm going to live in Fab. or I'm watching Kirsty and Phil on Location Location, yeah. which is a guilty pleasure of mine. But when it comes to dirty, smelly, stinking of wee houses, then no, that's the not sort my of forte. Thing, the sort of thing <laughs> that I showed you in Oldham. And, uh, yes. yes. <laughs> Remember it well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I knew that wasn't your thing. Yet, <laughs> However, you have different you have different skills. Yes. And skills that other people should develop. So um, where you focused and you're, although we teach this and we preach it and we know it's the best way, you, you are one of very few people who have actually really embraced this and run with it. You focused on the investor side of the business, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, 100%. Can you tell our, can tell our listeners a little bit about that because it, it might help them? Yeah, so I think when I, I just, I, I'm a classic person who does as I'm told. So it's another reason why I wanted to get into a network like Progressive where people are saying to you, you need to go and raise finance. You need to start telling people what you do. You need to start attracting the right people who've got money in the bank, which you may not know about. But until you tell people what that you do, they don't, you don't know what money they've got. So I was telling everybody what I was doing. I was starting to attract investors and I realized quickly that was the bit. Firstly, I was good at, um, just in terms of communication. I think if there's one tip I give you in terms of being good at raising finance with investors, it's doing what you say you're gonna do by when you said you're gonna do it. And so many people don't do that. And I think as soon as you do do it, it's with what I call surprises and delights investors or potential investors and they're like oh this person actually is trustworthy and they are going to do what they say they're going to do and if you can't go back to them and tell them when you will do it but it's all about communication wow so there's a couple of things in which you said there and i'm 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 gonna zoom in on surprises and delights because i really like that yeah uh but we're gonna have listeners thinking well i haven't got any investors where do i start and stuff so we're going to come back to that okay Okay. yeah but yeah Surprises and delights. I've never heard it put in in that way before. Go on, just just. Well, the the other term that people use is over pro over under promise. No, I always get those wrong around. Under promise and over deliver. Gotcha. So it's similar concept. Right. Is I think people now because notoriously you don't get great service wherever you go. So I think if you do give good service and you actually do come back when you say you're going to, people are surprised at that, which yeah. for me is quite de- sad and depressing. So I, I'm i a real stickler for it. Um, and I will always communicate openly with investors um, or people who I think are a potential investor and just do what you say you're going to do. And that makes a big difference because they then trust that everything else you're doing is honourable and ethical and you're doing it the right way. I, d- I don't get that. And as a consumer myself... Mm. Right. I, I, yeah. Okay. Um, as a consumer myself, I see that and I feel that, yeah. you know, and I feel the pain, and I'm, you know, I sit and think, how, what's going on there? How can they treat me like that? And and, and usually it's cock up, not conspiracy. You know, nobody's yeah. treating me badly, no, right? no. but they just, they just. You know. And now speaking for myself, Rebecca, not you. So mm. as, a, as a provider of services, when I get feedback that I'm not giving the surprises and delights that my clients want, yeah, you know. I do my best to adjust. Yeah, right? and you, you got to adjust on that. So day one. So we're saying you're a investor-driven machine, right? I like that. We're going to come. To <laughs> uh, but when you started, presumably you didn't have many any investors. No, no. So how did how did you get how did you get your first tentative steps on it? Where did you meet people? What did you do? Okay, I did a lot of networking. So that was a big thing is I got out and just started talking to people 
I did, and also my kind of top tip for networking, which I've seen over the past four years, yeah. is do a mix of property and business networking. If you go property networking, a lot of people in that room are there for the same reason as you. They're looking to find finance for their property projects. If you go to a business networking event, you're likely to be the only property person in the room. And a lot of people are interested in property. It's still in vogue, as we say. People love the idea of it, the idea of it as an investment, but they don't understand it or know how to do it and are fearful of the risks. So if you can be the educated property professional in a room full of business people who often have surplus cash in the bank but don't know how to invest in property, you, they will bite your hand off. I use property networking to grow my power team and my network of property people and also to learn about the latest things that are happening in the property market because you'll get keynote speeches and things like that at property networking events. But I use business networking to grow my investor network. That's fantastic. So you've got great clarity on that now. At yeah. what point did you make that decision? Was that from day one or did no. it just evolve? It evolved and mainly because when I started with Progressive, I was running a letting agency very small affair. I'd been doing about six months from home, and the only way I was going to grow that—the <laughs> <laughs> only way I was going to grow that was by networking. So I was doing mainly, well, only business networking for my letting agency. So I was the only property person in the room. And when I was with Progressive, and I was starting to switch what I was saying from the letting agency to being a property investor and helping people with surplus funds in the bank, giving them little to no return to get a better hands-free passive return, then. I was starting to get interest from investors who were my business peers, but didn't know about the property investing side. Wow. So I kind so of learned it by accident. Well, yeah, but very powerful, very powerful. So I'd forgotten about the letting agent. <clears throat> I'd forgotten you were host of... Uh... PPN Waterloo, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, PPN Waterloo for, for a little while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, did that help you? Did that move you forward? Um... Yes, what it did is it positioned me, which was good for when I was relatively new. Mm. Um, it, it was quite a lot of work and quite painful. So mm. it's a, if you want to invest the time and effort into running a networking event, then do. I'm all about being quite lazy in my property <laughs> investing journey and I'll take the easiest, the path of least resistance, I call it. So yeah. you can attend them and you can still position yourself quite strongly. Yeah, so um, you know, we have a mutual friend who speaks about you, Rebecca, and I wasn't, wasn't going to share this on the podcast, <laughs> but you touched on it. I um, get it all the time Yeah, now. Rebecca is the laziest person I know in property. <laughs> right, there's two things there. First thing is you're not lazy, but you are focused on what you do, right? Yeah. And the second thing... In property, right? You're in, okay, and you're you're there all the time. You're constantly working on your business, yeah. Right. So you might not do the four a.m. club. You oh, might God, not no. do twelve hours a day. Yeah. <clears throat> but when you're at work, you're very very productive. Yes. And, Hyper and the, focused. Yes. Yes. And I'm seeing it. Yeah. Right. So I get it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it's credit to you that you work in that way. So. Let's move you forward a little bit. That's sort of a deal. Well, you did have a deal packaging business, but it was slightly uh, unorthodox and you were focused on the money. Well, I was packaging then, deals for investors. So yes. you could call it packaging. You it's were, not packaging in the sense of selling deals to investors because I was joint venturing with the investors. Right. So we were co-owning what <coughs> I was packaging for them. Right. And if you're going to... The, I think the, the main reason that was successful was because I was 
um, a real stickler for understanding and getting to know my investors inside out, back to front. I literally know everything about my investors. I know the names of their wives, husbands, kids. I know how old their kids are. I know what they're doing. I know what pets they've got. One of my investors had got a new golden retriever puppy and I went and spent an hour in her back garden playing with this puppy because I love dogs. And it's that level of relationship and understanding of my investors that really helps for them to trust in me and yeah. that and, and for me to know they, what they need and therefore I'll only bring them deals that I know they're going to say yes to because I know what they need. Right. So <clears throat> there's a, like an apocryphal tale that you have like a whiteboard for each investor. Yes. You do? Yeah, I do. I have, wow. It's an online version, but okay, I, I okay, have one. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and on these virtual whiteboards... You keep everything you know about this particular mm -hmm. investor so you can reference it and keep yeah. updating it. How many people out there in property land, property sourcing people, are doing something like that? Not many. I'd say I don't do it. Maybe I should. Mm. Right? Maybe it would make a difference. So you're getting together. You're starting to build, as we move forward, yeah. you're starting to build a bank, not of property, but of investors, and you're leveraging your network. You said yeah. you were very strong on network. Yeah. And I know some of the people you're working with and, you know, we're all honest and capable. Sometimes deals don't quite work out, but, mm -hmm. you know, we try and do the right thing. So you work with some really, really cool people, um, but they're doing the property end and you're just bringing the money in, right? Yes. And now I see you in a slightly different space because so something changed. What changed? It was a really good change. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Okay, so... The more I co-owned with investors, the more detail came into my life. And I don't like a lot of detail. I like everything to be very simple. It was getting more complicated. So I made the conscious decision to only get loans from investors and invest it that way rather than co-owning property with them. I'll tell you a bit in the background about the first thing that triggered me now doing what I do now, if that's all right. Yeah. Um, so as part of VIP, I was in VIP, I was raising finance for my own deals and packaging those deals to investors in order to, for them to co-own with me. Somebody within the community came to me and said, um, I know you're good at raising finance. Do you raise finance for other people? And I said, well, not thought of that. I'm only doing it for my portfolio. Um, and he said, okay, well, I've got a proposition for you. I'm quick need of 250 grand to buy these two blocks of flats, which we've already got heads of terms having sold them already within six weeks time once we've done this quick refurb. So it's a, effectively what's called like a closed bridge, a back-to-back -back deal, but he didn't have the cash to support it. He said, if you can give me, get me 250 grand for six weeks, I can give you 25 grand interest. So I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. So I went to one of my investors basically put that to them in a, in a joint way, literally just a chat saying, look, somebody's come to me with this. I've done all the due diligence. I've checked it. It stands up. I think it's a good thing to invest in. Do you want to do it with me? And if we do it together, you fund it and we'll split the interest 50-50. So we did it. It worked. We both walked away with £12,500 for literally just transferring money over. I was like, mm, this is interesting. This is a this could be a business model. So from that point forward, I started focusing on growing my network of developers, in inverted commas, of who would have a need for short-term quick cash, but are willing to pay for it. Because there's got to be a hefty margin in there for me to be able to give my investors a good return and for me to make a good return. So now I work with three or four developers who are large scale. So they work on 20 to 40 million pound GDV projects. 
They've got a strong pipeline. So if anything does happen with one of the projects, there's a pipeline coming through to support the funds that I've got invested. And it means that I'm not having to do constant due diligence on new people who are requesting funds. So I get pitched at a lot, as you can imagine, this community mm. being someone who raises finance. But what I don't do is fund anybody's projects because I'd have to do due diligence on them and the project every single time. And that doesn't fit with my being lazy in property and not working that hard. It's far easier for me to fund my <coughs> three or four developers and supply them with funds at, an, at agreed rates and agreed profits um, than keep doing new ones. Uh, well, this is fascinating because I'm, I'm, I've got the privilege, you guys haven't out there in property sourcing profit land, of actually seeing you talk about this. Uh, and you're always life and soul, Rebecca. But when you started talking about the money, you, your eyes lit up and the, the way the deals were structured and that sort of thing. And that clearly is what you love. When we were talking about going and looking at smelly houses in Oldham, you weren't connected like no, that. No, yeah. Right? Um, and what you see, you say it fits your lazy model, but what you are, when you work, you're very focused and very intense. So you work with three or four developers, all of whom have got pipeline. Yeah. Right? So there's future businesses, not yes. just going to be one here. Right? No. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've done the work. You've done the work, right? Why work with somebody who hasn't got their credibility and their backup and support exactly. and, and might put your investors' money at risk? Exactly. Possibly, that's the, that's the biggest factor. Yeah. It's all about the risk. And my job is to reduce the risk. Yeah. I want to be able to say with volition to my investors, I can give you a very healthy return. I give consistently 12 to 15% returns for a low risk investment over a short period of time. I'm generally the funds that I provide are not the end of the project. No. So the, the exit is not selling units because that for me is is too uh, too vague. You don't know when those units are gonna be sold. So I'm acting effectively as a bridge and a broker in the middle of the deal somewhere where some of their funding has maybe fallen over, it's not come in when it should have done, so they have a very urgent need for it and are willing to pay for it. Wow, passion and faith, focus hitting me in the face again. Because <laughs> you clearly love doing this, because yes. you've found your niche. Yeah. And we're okay to talk about it, because A, you've got to have the skill, and B, you've got to have the context to get there. So it's not something someone can rush out and do tomorrow. No, yeah. it's not a beginner strategy, I would stress that. Yeah. I was doing deal packaging, buy, refurb, refinance, HMOs, all that kind of stuff for a good couple of years before I started doing this. Yeah, and I, I want to latch on to that if I can, because your progression right, hasn't always been in a straight line. No. Um, and you know, I'm not going into specifics, you look vaguely frightened for a <laughs> um, It hasn't always been in a straight line, but just to help people who are listening, you know, you're what, uh, four years into this now? Yeah, four yeah, years. Plus. Yeah. Um, and you've got a great business today, Rebecca. You have, and you've got, you built your own business model, and it's, and it's just fab, and, and I've got massive respect for what you do. And I sat in a room having coffee with you, sort of one, I don't know if you'll remember, and your phone was pinging, right? Yeah. And you actually said to me, oh, £23,000 just gone into my account, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then at the start of the coffee... You were texting uh, an investor yeah. who you've been talking to for a little while, so this was all set up. It wasn't a first message. Yeah. Basically tell him the project was ready to roll. Yeah. Right? And, you know, you needed to put funds in place. Mm -hmm. And by the time we finished coffee, you'd had a text back from him saying, which account should I send the money to? Yeah. So this stuff is real, right? And it's very, very powerful, and we might inspire other other people out there um but to get from where you were day one coming to 
the JV day, which is yeah. the first one, right? Yeah. To where you are now, have you found it at times difficult, depressing, thinking, where's this going to go next? It's not working for me. He's doing it. She's doing it. Yeah, definitely. And I think the, the, the first year was the hardest. I think a lot of people will relate to that. It's, first of all, it's getting your focus. So knowing exactly what you're doing and sticking to it. Because so many, I've heard Mark Homer say this, so many people get to the point where they're just about to start earning and they give up and move on to another strategy or they give up entirely. So I've, first of all, no matter how hard it's got, I've never thought about giving up. I've been. I've known from day one this is the right thing to do. Finding the right slot for you is probably the hardest thing, and that's why I struggled with for the first year, maybe even eighteen months, flitting from you know buy to let HMOs, and then I even bought an SA unit up in York randomly. So just because I thought that might be the next big thing. And I remember, and to be fair, you know, very competent service accommodation operator. Very, yeah, involved yeah. And, and yeah. it's not been a disaster by any means. It no. just wasn't my strategy. And um, not enough money, because you're in the big money game now. Right, go on. Um, ooh. See, now I didn't prep a team <laughs> to talk about numbers. Oh no, 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 no. So right. uh, I was very soft, right? Mm -hmm. What numbers are you prepared to share? Sort of annual income now or deal in, deal income or just what sort of numbers so your share your split Rebecca yeah. after everything's been and gone and done and, and, and everything's worked well um well it's good typically... timing good timing you asked me that because I'm teaching masterclass this weekend at Progressive okay. and I do a section on this strategy because I'm so passionate about people working towards doing it because it's such a good strategy and I worked out, therefore worked out my pipeline and over the next 12 months I've currently got 17 projects on the go and my share of the profit is £320,000. So I'm just letting that sink in for a second team out there. Uh, so Re Rebecca says she's a bit on the lazy side. She's got 17 projects on the go, 17. I'm not doing them though, that's the beauty of no, it. No, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, I mean, thank, thank heaven I've never done 17 projects at the same time. Would have killed me, right? <laughs> Um, and your share at the end over 300 grand yeah wow I'm so pleased for you Rebecca because I was there at various occasions so I don't want to overstate it but you know I, I regard you as my friend you we do family stuff yeah I, I invited you to my daughter's wedding but you're yeah. away yeah. right so you know we, we, we we're mates yes okay I have seen you at various points over the four years turning points and You've gone down the wrong road and you've invested heavily in yourself and it turned out to be the wrong road. Yeah. But we didn't know it was the wrong road. No. No, we thought it was the right road. And you, you've pivoted and you've gone in a different direction, which wasn't... And it's a pretty typical journey because we all go through that. Yep. People listening to that will go through that. Shiny pennies everywhere. That's the problem. Right. Mm. But now you've found your way. And I'm, I want to talk about um, a post I saw on Facebook last week. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you about the women building wealth. Yes. Now, not everyone listening to this will remember the women building wealth. But <laughs> One I'm, of those shiny pennies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so there was yourself, uh, Tony Gargan, yep. Jackie Tomes, and Catherine, Catherine Turner. Yep. Uh, and the four of you uh, were like the four musketeers <clears> of property, <throat> right? You sort of... Um, 
you you built an event yourselves. You prevented you presented a women's building wealth event. Yeah, we joint ventured with Progressive to right. bring the event, uh, which was aimed at women in property because there's a clear lack of females in the property arena. Yeah. So we wanted to encourage more women to do it. So Absolutely. we did three events in total. So where did you that. meet the girls originally? So Tony, where did you meet Tony? Tony I met on Masterclass. We were on the oh, same Masterclass early. in March 2015. Early. Yep. Yeah. So and she is now my best property friend we have done joint ventures together we um we see a lot of each other socially um yeah she's a very good friend of mine and same with tony and uh, jackie and Catherine. we've all started at pretty much exactly the same time yeah and have bonded as a as a four yeah and you were a four uh, yeah. sort of the spice girls <laughs> and i put i've mentioned the spice girls because at one point in the world record event Twenty six. I thought I was going to be the ginger spice of the group. But <laughs> they wouldn't let me in because I'm... Only with the dress, David. I'm not a woman building wealth. I get that. Okay. The reason I've referenced it is I saw the post you were having your sort of uh, get-together dinner. Yeah, every every six months or so we meet up in London or somewhere and we go and stay in a hotel for a night, we go out for dinner, we just yeah. we catch up. Yeah. yeah. And um, you tell the story because the story is about the four of you where you started, the trials in between, and where you are now. Go on, you, you, you we, share, you, yeah, know, we you would, know what I want to draw out. We were you. just kind of reminiscing over dinner, and it, it just it kind of hit us as a realisation that we've all started at pretty much exactly the same time, which is unusual for a start. And we've all been on a, even though we've all had pretty much the same training from Progressive, we've all taken our own routes based on our skills. But we've all had a really difficult journey at some point or another. Yes. So we've all had pretty, really low points. Somebody's been doing better than the other one and it's been, you know, that's kind of dragged us through. We've really supported each other, but we've all been through a difficult point, particularly in our first and second years. But what we all realised was we're all successful in our own right in very different ways now, where we are now. And the sole reason for that success is the fact none of us have ever given up. And we just kept on at it. We've maybe changed slightly along the four years in terms of our strategy or what we decided to do. But I think the biggest thing we've all done is we've all focused on our strengths and we've used that in our strategy. We now all have a strategy based on our strengths. Yeah, and that's so important for anybody listening. Uh, it would have been easy for Rebecca, and uh, I'm not even going to ask her, I'm not even looking at her as I say this. I know there were various points she, she, she could have given up. Yeah. I know there were various points where there were. Voices around us saying, you know, time to get a job, Rebecca, right? This isn't going to work. But you really have been so resilient. Yeah. And you've found your space and um, you've worked so hard. I'm not getting the, I'm not buying the lazy thing. It's a good, you're right. It's a great, okay, I'll get it on stage, right? I, I understand. But you're not lazy, right? You just work in a very efficient way. Yeah. Um, I watched Jackie Tomes, what, seven million pound property portfolio now? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. Tony, uh, last time I spoke to her, she couldn't spend over three million pounds worth of joint venture money because she couldn't find the projects. Yeah. Right? But she's built her own portfolio and she's speaking and training. You're speaking and training. Yeah. Jackie's doing her own thing, speaking and training. Uh, Catherine's gone maybe in a different direction, but equally successful mm -hmm. uh, with her positioning in business, maybe yeah. more than property, but she's got this really significant service accommodation business yeah. and set up. So, yeah. you know, and, and you know, to be able to watch it has been an honour. So for those of you listening, if you think it's not happening yet, if you think it's not happening fast enough, if you think it's not happening at all, 
right? I was talking to somebody at lunchtime. We're, we're actually at Progressive Towers yeah. recording this in a, the quietest room I could find. <laughs> um, I was talking to somebody at lunchtime, Rebecca, who said, I haven't got to deal with that. It's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. Right? And they've been doing it three, four months. Yeah. Mm. But what they don't see or can't, haven't got the perspective is the stuff they've got done to get to this point. Yeah. Mean it's not been wasted. No, right? you forget about it. You do forget about it because you're not seeing the money. Yes. And that's what people focus on is the money. The money will come in property if you stick at it and do keep doing what you're doing. So it it it, it is about resilience and determination. I, I I was there was no way I was going to go back and get a corporate job, not in a million years, because I was never going to see my kids. I've got a six and seven year old daughters, Isabel and Sophie. I was dropping them at nursery at 7 o'clock in the morning. I was picking them up at 7 p.m., seeing them for half an hour before they went to bed, five days a week. That, for me, is not the lifestyle I wanted for me or for them. So the priority has to be time. And even though we all talk about money, it's what money gives you, which is the time and the choice of what to do with your time, is the best thing. I have a horse riding lesson every Wednesday at 11 o'clock. Who can do that? I can. And you can if you design your life around that. Oh, it's fab. My daughter would love that. Yeah. She'd come and have a horse riding lesson. And um, I'm staying at a Premier Inn. I walked past your car. This <gasps> oh, my and car. Rebecca, it made Right, I'm not really a big car person, right? <laughs> and I don't give the wrong impression to the crew out there. It's not a... It's, you know, it's a nice car, right? But it's a really it's, nice car, David. It's, it's not a, just a nice it's car. It's a really nice car, but we're not talking Lamborghini, Ferrari. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's an M4. Okay, an M4. You, well, you can share that. I couldn't. Yeah. Right? Um, but... How cool, what a cool colour. What about those wheels? I've never seen wheels like that. I know. They're sort of three-dimensional wheels. Big fat wheels. I actually was polishing your little M4 badge <laughs> on the boot, peering in through the window. Uh, I laughed out loud at the yellow thing in the steering wheel. Yeah, stop yeah. people nicking it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that sort of thing, it, you know, it's Rebecca's car. She's worked hard enough and long enough to be able to buy herself like that, something like that, because you love driving. Yeah. Obviously, not over the national speed limit. I never, get it. never, never, absolutely. Um, so persistence is the key, guys. If if you get anything from this, and and, and your story's been fantastic, Rebecca. Um, I think you underplay the skill and the work that you put into this. Uh, I, you know, it's been a delight to watch you, and I'm honoured that you can share this stuff with us. The message from this episode, team, is the only way you can fail is if you stop. If you keep going, and it might take three years rather than three months, okay? If you keep going, you will find your niche, you'll find your spot, you'll make it work. And every time you do something that doesn't work, you're learning something, you're getting more experience, you're getting a different perspective, so that the next time you're in that place, you've got you've got the experience, you can apply it and make it work. Is that reasonable? Uh, 100% agree, yep. Rebecca, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Okay, can I say, you look really well, you look relaxed. I know you're training now and you're doing all the other stuff and it's great to see you. I have had coffee with you at times where you weren't so No, definitely. Relaxed, okay? Yeah. And it's just a joy to see you looking so well and enjoying yourself so much. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, PSP team, I'm going to be back. Um, I'm going to have some more super guests lined up for you to listen to. Just get out there, do your stuff. We're going to sell all of them. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.